Welcome back to the Sipping with Savage podcast. Today I'm sipping some Dragonwell green tea and I want to talk to you about energy. Um, I think it's important to start conversations about wellness knowing what certain words mean. And so today I want to elaborate a lot on energy and how that can affect our wellness. And I just want to point out that none of these ideas belong to me. Uh, None of these ideas are my idea and I'm synthesizing them for your kind consideration. And so what is energy, right? What energy am I talking about? Um, In my class, I might ask, what unit do we measure that in? I'm not asking you that. I'm just letting you know. Um, And so I was honestly kind of curious, like, how do we put that into words? So I went on the interweb and I typed in energy and the Merriam-Webster website, basically a dictionary website, has six entirely different definitions of energy. And I think that's a lot of definitions. I think that's honestly too many definitions. And as a woman in science and as a science teacher and as a person with two science degrees, I think that's really sad. I think it's really sad that um, we can't get concrete enough for people to have one definition, one or two definitions that they can be comfortable with. Um, But I think having multiple definitions of a word or of a concept is really important because it speaks to like the dual nature of our reality. And I think our reality and its nature has a lot to do with with this energy concept that I want to discuss today. And so I do want to be fair and read every single definition, but I don't think every single definition is super relevant. So I'm going to go with the most obvious to the ones that are kind of strange and that I would like to elaborate on. So definitions of energy. One of them says usable power, such as heat or electricity. Also, the resources for producing such power. Right? And I think that's um, fair, not obvious, but fairly obvious, like the energy to power my home, like that sort of a context. But of course, that's not the context we're talking about. The context we are talking about is more along the lines of this definition that says dynamic quality and a usually positive spiritual force and the capacity of acting or being active. All right, so those three... Merriam-Webster is counting as one definition. And I don't know that counting one definition as three um, is really doing a whole lot to clarify anything. But I bring that up because this spiritual force concept, I think, is really interesting, as well as this dynamic quality. So dynamic quality of energy. I think the energy I'm talking about today is the energy that kind of powers our reality. And what energy is powering our reality? Well, it's the energy that we put into our awareness. Our awareness is creating the consciousness that we have. And it creates like those thoughts and ideas that you have. I think I'm getting sick. I think my skin is terribly dry. I think my lips are super chapped. I think my boss is coming after me. I think my friend is no longer my friend, 
right? And so that's where we're putting our energy. We're putting our energy into those ideas. And then we get, you know, forms of that energy. So I think my friend is not my friend. That might manifest in a form like your friend does something crazy to you. I think my boss is doing something weird and I find him him or her, them, really shady. That might manifest in the form of your boss doing something extra shady just to you, nobody else, because only you are putting your energy there. More simply, um, putting my energy into, I just realized that I have to leave right now and I cannot find my keys. That awareness of losing my keys is creating this environment in my body where I am anxious I am telling myself that I'm so forgetful. How dare I be so forgetful? I'm so annoyed at myself for being so forgetful, et cetera, et cetera. And so your form of your manifestation is going to create your symptom, right? Your symptom for losing your keys might be really long-term anxiety. Your symptom for thinking you're boss is not doing the right thing could be undue stress all the time trying to predict what this person is going to do next and the list goes on and on um it's a subtle energy where your mind is kind of the source of this energy and your body is the matter that is affected by this energy matter chemistry definition coming up matter is everything around us and it is made up of atoms atoms are the basic building block of everything that is considered matter and everything around us is technically considered matter um, all you have to do to be considered matter is have uh, physical and chemical properties and frankly, we define everything around us as having such properties. How convenient that everything is matter. And yet, like I couldn't tell you the specific reason why something is matter. Just like this dictionary can't tell me the specific definition of energy. I think uh, a discussion of language might be in a later podcast like what is the point of language if it never (laughs) tells you what you're talking about and so I'm bringing up energy and matter right possibly because I'm a chemist but mostly because I think this is energy wellness Uh, last time I mentioned um, the holistic practices that I underwent for my health were acupuncture and lymphatic drainage massage and some craniosacral massage or rebalancing. Um, Not to show off that I do strange stuff that's not in my doctor's office, but rather to start this discussion on what it means to recognize that your energy is being dispersed in a bad way and how exactly to like get it back and how exactly practitioners will help you to get it back. Um, Again, this is a broader definition and explanation of this energy and how energy affects our wellness. I think a later podcast after 
talking about language could be talking about practices like acupuncture and craniosacral rebalancing, etc., etc., and how exactly those move your energy. But getting back to my point, if the mind is energy and the body is matter, they're clearly separate. But are they truly separate? Um, I think energy in Chinese medicine is considered life force and like everything has life force. They call this qi. It's spelled Q-I. You have probably read this somewhere, but it's pronounced qi like C-H-I. And I think Chinese medicine has Western medicine beat in the fact that it's thinking about cause instead of symptom. Often we go to the doctor and say, I have headaches all the time. What are you going to do about that symptom of mine? And then the doctor will say, well, that symptom is um, indication of something much broader that is super wrong with you. Um, and frankly, it could be. It could be that something is wrong with you and that you do have to go to a Western medicine doctor, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I think that there are just funny quirks in the things that go wrong with us, and there are, more often than not, um, solutions that are much smaller than these procedures and these medicines and these um, what's this word I'm looking for? Procedures, medicines, and, ugh, what's that word? Procedures, medicines, and, like, devices, like, device, like, even a filling in your tooth is considered a medical device, right? And I think it's a little crazy how there's not much distinction, like at least when your doctor is speaking to you between a medical device and a medicine, um, but more on that later. So this energy, where is it? What is it doing? How does it even relate to the matter of our body? Well, in 1923, Louis de Broglie, de Broglie, de Broglie, anyway, in the 20s, there were a group of scientists, one of them was Louis de Broglie, another of them you may have heard of, Albert Einstein, and another of them you also may have heard of, Heisenberg. I don't know his first name. No one knows his first name. <laughs> I mentioned these three uh, men because they did a lot of work on atomic structure, but they did it in a time when no one was really listening to the broader implications of their work. They were kind of just talking about the atom, but I think these guys were really talking about energy and how it relates to all of us and how we could maybe take control of our own energy. And so de Broglie comes up with the wave-particle duality of matter. And I'm bringing this up because I think that not just the mind is the source of energy. I think energy is all over the body. And I think uh, 
things that go wrong with you, maybe a lot of headaches, maybe chronic disease, maybe inexplicable inflammation. I think these things are the result of the energy becoming stagnant in the body and it can only become stagnant if we're not aware of it. And so the mind being what we assign as something that can be aware can overlook this bodily energy. And so I wonder if we made our bodies aware if this energy could remain in flow at all times instead of becoming stagnant and then us getting sick and having various symptoms. Um, Stagnations of energy could look like really anything. And I think that's why, um, at least in the West, Chinese medicine doctors get, you know, um, disagreed with a lot, for lack of a better term. And I think we disagree with them a lot because it's hard to take this concept as the truth. However, our Western medicine doctors don't provide us that many forms of proof that what they're saying is true either. So like what's, I'm wondering what the discrepancy is and I often wonder what the discrepancy is. But anyway, more on that probably later. Getting back to Einstein, to Broly, and Heisenberg. They were studying atomic structure. Uh, why study atomic structure? Well, do you know anyone who has asked you, what is this made of? Well, if you're trying to say that the matter in front of you is made up of small things that you can't see, that's usually not enough for people around you. And people around those, those scientists probably said, well... If that's matter, and matter is made up of really small particles, what are those small particles made of? Ha ha ha. Well, we know now the atom is comprised of three subatomic particles. Um, Each of them has its own mass and size and purpose. But de Broglie, this very French guy, uh, his work was supported by another French guy, René Descartes, He comes up with this wave-particle duality of matter, and he says that matter is not just a particle, like a solid, localized object with physical and chemical properties, but he says that atoms can also exist as waves. And so a wave is a form of energy that moves through a vacuum, and so that's where wavelength and frequency and like visible light kind of comes from. And so... How does he know this? Well, I think it was Einstein, if not de Broglie, that comes up with this concept called the photoelectric effect. And if you have taken college chemistry or AP chemistry at any point in your life, you might have groaned a sigh of discouragement. (laughs) And I don't blame you because in each of those classes where there's very limited time, Uh, We don't really get into what the photoelectric effect really implies. And so photoelectric effect, to my knowledge, is this effect where light that is shown on an object will cause that object to release electrons. And so for anything to be releasing anything, that would suggest that the light causing this release is providing the energy for which this subatomic particle will use to 
move away to be released. And so he finds out that the frequency of the light is determining the energy with which that particle is moving away from where it used to be. And it's because of this finding that we have that very famous equation, E, energy, is equal to M mass times C, speed of light, squared. Suggesting that energy is really just a function of the speed at which light is moving and hitting a mass or a piece of matter. And so back in this time that they were discovering the photoelectric effect and this basically concept that says light, light waves provide the energy to solid particles to cause change. Uh, Back at that time, they thought electricity, which we now know as a wave function, they thought that it was a fluid, a liquid technically. And like electricity as a fluid sounds real crazy to you. Just like photoelectric effect sounds real crazy to you right now. However, electricity as a fluid is how they like created batteries and how they created um, electricity as we know it. Like this was only 1923. I think the first light bulb was lit around that same time. And so every wave has a certain amount of energy, just like every particle Since particles and waves have a dual nature, they're not really sure, Heisenberg, Einstein, and de Broglie, they're not really sure if the matter around us is either a wave or a particle. And I think this, they weren't confused, right? They were just saying, like, it could really be both, and you can't hold us to either. Just like energy has six entirely different definitions. I bring this up because... If the body is matter and the mind is energy, who's to say all of it is not simply energy? And reality as we perceive it is not really solid and liquid and gas and the effects of those phases, but rather energy, movement, or stagnation. And why do I bring this up? Well, energy getting stuck in your system is often the cause of these symptoms that we go to the doctor for. And if the doctor were a good doctor, they would not just ask you about symptoms, they would ask you about causes. Of course, you may not know the cause, but I think the cause could be your energy. And so as like the winter months press on and as the amount of light is decreased. Well, I hope I think it's increasing now since we had the equinox. Either way, the day is very short. There is no light available for like a long amount of time. And it, like, how is your energy doing as a result of that? Personally, I have very low energy starting at about four o'clock because it's so dark. And like the whole day, I'm expecting it to be dark so early. And so in my head, it's like... That's my consciousness. That's my awareness. I'm very aware that I'm going to have low energy because of a lack of sunlight. Um, Those are all my thoughts and feelings. And so my symptoms are that I'm freaking tired all the time. And there's honestly nothing I can really do about it if those are my thoughts and that is where my energy is being spent. And so 
to close this in a similar fashion to closing the last one. I won't be telling you about taking your vitamins, but I want to challenge you to alter your reality, alter what you're aware of by picking one of your five senses and really focusing on it. So five senses, what are those? Um, Taste, touch, sound, scent, maybe not sight. The only reason I say maybe not sight is because I think we have a lot of visual overload these days from our phones, from our computers, from people putting phones in our face, from random screens that seem to be everywhere for no actual reason. They're not telling you anything useful. Right, so choosing one of your senses and really spending your awareness there, spending your energy. And there are some senses, some things that you'll become aware of that will give you this energy back. And so I'm saying not sight, but I'm wondering about scent. And I'm wondering about sound. Taste and touch, I think, are great ways to relate to your food. But if you're someone who is fasting or don't really have a great relationship to food right now, frankly, I have no appetite ever. All I want to eat are sweets and anything that will keep me full until the next meal. Like, I don't have much of a relationship to food right now is what I'm saying. And so if you don't either, I challenge you to become more aware of scent or of sound. If scent is what you're challenging yourself to become more aware of, I would recommend you choose a scent that is not just relaxing, but uplifting. There are a lot of scents and a lot of like essential oils out there that have many purposes. And so for uplift, I'm only talking about uplifting your senses, your, sorry, uplifting your energy because it's winter where I am and it's dark all the time and I'm just not having a great time of it right now. Um, so some uplifting scents. I think lavender, even though most people use that to go to sleep, can be extremely uplifting. Orange or sweet orange, lemon, grapefruit. Um, there's one more. Eucalyptus. Any of those. Smell it and focus in on what you're smelling. As you smell it, you'll start to think of something or you'll start to feel something. Allow that thought or that feeling to stick with you. Maybe even repeat it more than once. You'll find that becoming more aware of something positive, something uplifting, is going to create a manifestation for you that is also positive. So frankly, every time I smell uh, lavender and orange together, um, my immediate thought is that it's morning and I'm about to drink some green tea, right? And that's not going to be the thought for everyone. And so if you don't have any positive thoughts associated with positive scent, make some, right? I'm about to drink some green tea and honestly, green tea is my favorite tea. Suddenly... All I have to do is smell something to have a positive emotion. And those positive emotions, maybe I don't measure them all in my body right away, but they create maybe a symptom or a lack of symptom where I don't have a headache anymore, 
or my shoulders are no longer tense or my hips finally realign in like a comfortable fashion when I'm sitting. Creating those positive, um, positive feedback loops. You, something positive happens to you. Oh, no, no. Positive feedback loop is not what I meant there. <laughs> uh, creating positive um, associations with one of your senses. Another sense you could use is sound. Uh, my partner is really into sound. Um, and that's not as strange as I'm making it sound. <laughs> but I tend to listen to really strange sounds. And I try to explore how they make me feel. Some sounds wake me up. Some sounds put me to sleep. Uh, and the sounds that I'm talking about are mostly binaural beats or um, very specific frequencies. You can find them on YouTube. Just type in binaural, B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L. Sounds or beats or wavelengths. Because honestly, they're, they're frequencies. Um, and they measure them for you. They tell you like this one is 432 hertz. This one is 600 whatever hertz, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I challenge you to explore some of those sounds and notice how they make you feel. And once you notice how they make you feel, you can actually use them. So if you find that you're stressed and you remember the frequency 432 hertz was very relaxing for you, you could listen to that. Suddenly, you don't have to go to somebody else to solve your problems. Suddenly, the problem starts and ends with you. And I think there's nothing more empowering than that. Um, I have a lot of piercings in my ears, and not too many of them have really like gotten super inflamed and like caused me a lot of issues. But I do remember this one time, one of my cartilage piercings was so inflamed that the entire ear was swollen. And I knew that I needed to take out the piece of jewelry in it, but I couldn't. Like, I knew that I had to go to the piercer for that to be removed. And that was possibly the longest night of my life and the longest day to follow because I wasn't going straight there in the morning. The longest night and the longest day waiting for somebody else to help me solve a problem as simple as removing a piece of jewelry. So I think the ways in which we can take back control of our wellness can be really simple. And they're simple because they relate to our senses. And how do they relate to our senses? Because our wellness is really three things. It's awareness or your consciousness of whatever issue or non-issue you have the effect of that issue or non-issue on yourself, like how does that make you feel, what does that make you think, and then your symptom. If you have all these crazy thoughts as a result of a certain awareness, your symptoms might be dangerous. And I'm not saying like tense muscles are dangerous, but imagine if first you have a tense muscle and then you go to take a walk and then you pull something, and then as a result of pulling something, like you, now you have to go to the doctor. I'm not saying you shouldn't have to go to the doctor. What I'm saying is let's take care of ourselves so that we can prevent symptoms altogether. I think the key to wellness is certainly prevention. And if 
there is something chronically wrong with you. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. And I wonder if you thought something else, how you might feel as a result. I'm not saying your thoughts are going to make a chronic condition go away or even a condition that's not even your fault go away. But what I am saying is our thoughts are creating our reality every single moment of every single day. And so if we could insert some nice thoughts every now and then, not even every now and then, very often, <laughs> if we could insert our own nice thoughts, then wouldn't we be in, for, in more control than we are without them? So I'm challenging you. Pick a sense. Smell. Taste, touch. Sound. Maybe sight. Uh, participate in that practice. Discover what you like and what you don't like. And then when you're having a rough time of it, go back to one of those things that makes you feel good, that stimulates one of your senses, and see how it makes you feel. So those are my thoughts on our energy. I think energy, given that Merriam-Webster has six entire definitions of it, is not just this one conversation. So I really do look forward to elaborating more on this concept with you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, questions, comments, concerns, please find me. My email is sabajanupa at gmail.com. If I'm not allowed to plug Gmail, I do apologize. Uh, If you're listening on Anchor, you can leave me a voice note or memo or something. Um, Please, let's have this talk. It's important to talk to someone about these things. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.